The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And today is season four, episode one of Garthology. We're back for a whole new season. I'm so excited. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah, we started a little bit late this year, but we're, we're back at it now. And today we're taking a look at an album that I... I'm so, so, so excited. I've been waiting for this one forever, guys. We are going to take an in-depth look at the first three songs on Garth Brooks' In the Life of Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines, we're finally here. How long have we talked about this one? For ages. It's been a long time since I've seen a smile that big on Jess's face about an episode we're doing. You guys, I'm really so excited. I love this album so much. And I always say, like, I love every song on this album, but I literally love every song on this album. (laughs) So for anyone who's not familiar, um, I know some people weren't the biggest fans, but hopefully we're going to maybe change the minds on this. Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines was supposed to be a soundtrack for a film called The Lamb about an Australian rock artist named Chris Gaines, and it was going to star Garth Brooks. I'm very, very sad that that never happened because I would have loved to have seen Garth as an actor. I don't know what that would have looked like, but I think it would have been really interesting to see. The album was released one year prior to generate interest in Garth as a rock artist and so that fans could be more familiar with the music ahead of time. But some financial and management issues came up and unfortunately the lamb never came to be. So people were confused, rightly so. They didn't really know what was happening. I don't think they did a good job of publicizing that there was a movie and that this music was from that because I kind of heard it trickle out but you I feel like you really had to look for that as much as was in the media about Garth that was not I don't think common knowledge and that helped make it more confusing I think for the general population I agree especially of country fans and then it because it just looked like suddenly Garth was dressing up as a weird guy with a you know black eyeliner yes and it didn't make sense Mm-mm, it was really confusing and people did not love it for the most part. Um, I think they felt like if you want to do rock, do rock, but don't like take on this alter ego or whatever. So they just didn't know and they didn't understand what was happening. The album got poor. And I say that in air quotes, record sales, because actually they were comparing it to Garth's, you know, huge country album hits, but it's still, according to the Recording Industry Association of America, it went double platinum. And maybe not immediately at the time, but like it's a double platinum album. So it was selling pretty good at the time when you compare it to just all other albums across the board. So it was released September 28th of 1999 and it went to number two on the Billboard Top 200. It was behind Human Clay by Creed, Creed, which I was a huge Creed fan too. (laughs) I know people are like, oh, Creed now, but I loved them so much. I was in love with their guitarist. Anyway... So, I mean, it was right behind Creed on Billboard Top 200. So it obviously did pretty well for itself just in general. 
on November 13th, I feel like this kind of lended to the problem a little bit. On November 13th, 1999, Garth hosted SNL as himself. And he was also the musical guest as Chris Gaines. And they just didn't address it. Like they treated it like a whole other person. So then because they weren't talking about the real, you know, issue of what had happened with the movie and everything in the media and what it was going to be about, like they should have just started really hardcore promoting the movie at the same time instead of waiting. Because then when it had fallen through, by the time a year passed, people would have been, you know, waiting for a movie that didn't happen. Instead, they knew nothing about that at the time. So I don't think that that helped. I think, no, again, I people agree. just saw Garth dressed up as this guy and they were like, what is happening? Right. I always think he looked like Prince dressed like that. <laughs> I, like I've heard people say different people, but to me, I was like, oh, he looks like he's dressing like Prince. <laughs> um, he also did a TV special uh, on September 29th, 1999 as Chris Gaines and about Chris Gaines. And I'm not going to say too much about that because we are going to watch that and then we're going to review that also at a later date. Yes. Yes. Pete looks super excited about doing this (laughs) and we are gonna do that it's gonna be fun to talk about you're gonna live you're gonna have a good time i promise i always do you are (laughs) but for now we're just gonna go straight into this album we're gonna kick it off with song number one so i'm gonna pass it over to deb and see what she's got for us okay the first song on garth's life of chris gaines album is that's the way i remember it This is the way the story has to be told That's the way I remember it I remember it that way From the day I was living it I remember it that way That's the Way I Remember It was written by Tommy Sims and a man we have mentioned numerous times on the podcast, Mr. Tony Arada. Before I get into the song, I do want to mention that I really didn't know much about this album when we first started recording the podcast over two years ago. And although I have listened to the music much more since we started the podcast, until I actually started researching this episode... I didn't know very much about the whole Chris Gaines period for Garth. At the time of the album's release, I had a one-year-old and a four-year-old. I was working full-time in a very demanding job, and I just didn't have very much time for anything else. So now, getting ready for this episode, I really started looking into the album and the stories around its release. And I have to say... Garth did a lot of work on the Gaines backstory, a lot more than what I ever knew about. I mean, like Jess said, you know, he created this this character and there was going to be a movie. And I didn't realize he actually created the record album covers for Chris Gaines's past albums. Like it's that level of detail. Because when we started this podcast, I didn't even own the CD. So I only heard the music because Jess had it. But eventually, shortly after we started the podcast, I actually purchased the CD, a used one, online. And so I had it then and I listened to it, but I still didn't pay much attention to it. So it wasn't until I started researching for this episode 
that I actually pulled out the liner notes of the CD that I had bought. And that's where I I discovered that there was this whole other backstory, parts I didn't know about. All the writing in there, the album covers, I mean, like actual fake album covers of this character that I just didn't know even existed. So that was really interesting. So if you have the Chris Gaines CD and like me had never pulled out the liner notes, I highly suggest that you pull it out. There's so much to learn in there about this backstory of this character that we just didn't know unless you do that. So it, like Jess talked about the movie, it actually makes me wish even more that a movie had been created because I think now there's just so much there that they could have done things with. And so yeah, it absolutely. made me a little even more depressed that a movie never happened. Yeah. I, I wish more for it. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. Okay. So now, getting back to That's the Way I Remember It. As for the song itself, I really like it. For the first three songs, I probably like the music in this one the best. I really think Garth's vocals are really good. Um, I think the song itself isn't that far off from a traditional Garth Brooks vocal performance, not like some of the other songs on this album, which are kind of far off for me. The music is different from traditional Garth. You know, there's no fiddles, no steel guitar. It's obviously got more of a pop and adult contemporary sound, which was the point of this album. Garth isn't Garth here. And I think that's the thing that we need to remember. He is Chris Gaines. He's not an alter ego. He's a character, which I think a lot of people didn't necessarily understand at the time, like we've talked about. I still don't understand it. <laughs> that's such an important distinction. It though. is. It is like that is a very important distinction. Yes. It's not an alter ego. It's a character. And so for people at the time that didn't understand that, you can see how it would be really, really confusing. So the sound here is different, but I definitely picture Garth when I listen to, to That's the Way I Remember It. I hear Garth in that song. It's a popish Garth, granted, but it's Garth to me. So I that's very distinctive to me for this song. So Pete, what do you think of the first Chris Gaines song? My thoughts on that's the way I remember it. They, it's pretty simple. I like the beginning of the song and how it started like with a guitar intro. It kind of started that country vibe coming into an album that we know isn't for, you know, the, the typical Garth Brooks music. So to touch kind of real quickly on what you had going on in 99, right? So in 99, when all this was coming out, I had found my sobriety. I had obviously got my freedom back and I was starting at Automotive Excellence where I'm at now. So I was starting all over again, right? I had yeah, nothing to my name. Sure so <laughs> this was like a time in my life where the music or coming across this alter ego or character or whatever <laughs> we're going to call it was coming out. Like it just, it passed me by. And I thought I owned a Gaines, Chris Gaines uh, CD that maybe I just didn't open. I can't find it anywhere. So, and then, so one thing I liked about starting off with this song was that, that guitar and then I like how Garth somewhat sounds like Garth on this track. And the lyrics tell a great story when he sings it. And I felt like, you know what, this is going to be a lot easier for me to get on board with than not that I knew that it wouldn't be or whatever the case is. But then I imagined because when you see Garth in character for Chris Gaines and 
you automatically don't think that it's going to be, or you know that it shouldn't be the music that we're accustomed to with Garth Brooks, but it's still Garth and somebody that I truly admire and, you know, I love dearly. So I'm going to give it a chance. And, and so when you listen to the lyrics, like there's a lyric, of course, in this where it says, so darling, don't ever think twice. Those were the best days of my life when I held you there. And I'll tell the story this way time and time again, like, those are lyrics that we hear in other Garth songs. Like it melted me. I just love those lyrics. I love the story behind it. And and listening to this song, I did hear Garth, and it was real easy on the ears for me. It allowed me to be attracted to the lyrics and the music. So I I really had a lot of momentum after this first song, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. This was a song that uh, that I got on board with. So those are uh, those are my thoughts on that one. Jess, what do you got on it? I'm going to apologize right now because I'm going to say I love this song at the beginning of every single song for this album. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So I love this song. I'm going to get that over with. I also love the rhythmic guitar strumming opener, the music I really like. The first lyric that really gets me says, Never will be that way again. Maybe it wasn't way back when. To my heart and soul, this is the way the story has to be told. That's the way I remember it. And that like in 1999, I had just graduated from high school and moved 2000 miles away from home and lived in my first apartment by myself with my best friend from school. I actually bought her this album because shortly after, I think we had our apartment for like two or three months, like the the first summer we were there. And then she ended up joining the military, the army. And so she was in basic training and she was a huge Garth fan. And I was too, but like she was like a huge Garth fan at the time. And so I got her, this was just his newest music and I got her the album and I was like, I'm just going to listen to it. They're going to open everything. Cause when you send someone something in basic training, everything gets gone through, everything gets open. So I was like, it's not going to get to her sealed anyway. So I listened to it and I ended up having to buy a second <laughs> copy because I was like, I'm not sending <laughs> that to her. <laughs> so I had to buy it twice so that I could keep the one that I got. But that lyric, it, it even reminds me of that time because it is, it's just talking about memories and how in the retelling of a story, it's, it's the way you remember it and the way it makes you feel. Because if you have five people tell a story from the same moment that they shared, they're all going to tell it and feel it and have experienced it a little bit differently. And to me, that's what the song is about. I also have in my notes that it sounds like Garth, but I have, it sounds like Garth and not Garth mm-hmm. at the same time. But to me, it sounds like the cover albums. And at the time, the cover albums didn't exist. So nobody had heard Garth do anything that wasn't Garth, Garth right? You yes. know, unless they were like Okies who listened to him growing up doing, you know, all the covers he did in the bars the before he became yeah. famous. But the majority of his millions of fans were only familiar with country traditional Garth, like what they know him as. Now we have all these albums of covers to go back and we've heard him sing so many different styles of music. So I feel like for people who maybe didn't give this album a chance the first time, you should go back and listen to it now because it's original music that's good music. But if you like Garth doing the cover albums, I feel like there's at least half of the songs on this album that you're going to really enjoy. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm, do, do you, having heard me say that, can do you see what I'm saying with the cover albums? Absolutely. You, can you yeah, hear absolutely. That because it? on the third song that we do, um, Snow in July, I, I say that exact thing. 
It is crazy. Really? I mean, not yeah. exactly, so, but you know, to that to that same point. But right. yeah, but you yes. heard it too. Yeah. Um, another part of the song that I like is where it says, "Some of our stories fade as we grow older. Some get sweeter every time they're told." For some reason, this makes me think of like when someone has passed, or maybe just someone is not part of your life anymore. But how you tend to forget the negatives in the retelling of those stories, you know, Mm -hmm. like it just, and it's not even that you're not telling it the way you remember it, but you actually remember it and feel it in a rosier kind of way than it really was. And so I just feel like there's some really sharp, really good moments. And musically the song is good. Like, you know, it gets you kind of rocking along with it. It's not an especially fast song, but it's not really a slow song either. I like the pace of it. It feels kind of just summery or late summer, early fall to me. And <laughs> I had a note in my notes that as an aside, when I was listening to this, because now whenever I go and listen to all the music to to make my notes on the songs for the podcast, you know, Bo always has to listen with me. And he was rocking out to this song. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I have to give it props because I'm like, it, it, he gave it the thumbs up. So if he liked it, then I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a winner. In my book. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. That's all I got on that one, though. I mean, I could talk for a long time probably about each and every song, but yeah, I love it and I'm going to leave it there. Well, I think that's a really good review from someone who really loves that song. So <laughs> let's go over to Pete and see what he has for song number two. I get song two off the album, Lost in You. Heaven knows I'm head over heels at the show. I played every field, I suppose. But there's something about you when you're around, baby. I have found I get lost. Lost in You was co-written by Gordon Kennedy, Wayne Kirkpatrick, and Tommy Sims. It was released in July of 1999 as the lead single from the album. It debuted and peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, giving Garth Brooks his first. And when I looked up the info, it was then and as far as today, what I could find, his only top 40 hit in his career on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, from what I understand. So if that isn't right, somebody could update us, but that's all I found. Uh, I really enjoy the the love song aspect of this song. It was very well written, and the way that he that he sang it, uh, it really shows the range in Garth's voice for sure. But but because of that, I found myself <laughs> I found myself not really enjoying the song at all. Like in the beginning, I was like, "How in the world did I get stuck with this one?" <laughs> um, and it was just. It, like I could listen to the song and the lyrics and the story. And I was like, man, like it could not end quick enough. <laughs> it couldn't end quick enough. And it was like four minutes long or something. It was the longest song on the album. I was like, damn, what a punish from these ladies. They're just kicking me. But the truth is the more that I listened to it, like, it, again, the range in his voice, it became more normal to me. And I guess you could say that, like, I really, I kind of started to enjoy it a little bit. The more and more that I listened to it, it kind of started putting me into, well, why, why is it okay for me to really enjoy Garth Brooks singing, sitting on the dock of the bay? And it, this really comes out in, in my research on the next song. And I had just mentioned it 
So why can't you enjoy this just because it's not Garth singing Garth country, right? Like, why can't you? And the more that I listened to it, I really, I did. I started to enjoy it. And I thought to myself, maybe that's the way that I need to approach this whole character that he's in on this album. So I was like, okay, start over, start fresh, clear your mind, and then go for it. And then I did. And I listened to that, the the, the first part of that song. Um, when he says, there's no more waiting, holding out for love. You are my godsend that I have been waiting forever, dreaming of my angel from above. I thought to myself, damn, we got another fantastic song here. <laughs> and it just settles you in for the rest of the story. And I was, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed listening to that song after like, I can't tell you how many times I listened to it. It must have been three or four times. Like, and I was like, oh my God. Like, I was like waiting for a phone to ring or something so I could stop it. And then, (laughs) and then I didn't want anything else to happen. I just put my AirPods on and I listened to it. And I was like, wow, this is like really good. So, like, I was super, super intrigued once I changed my mindset. Like, the first song, I heard Garth there and I was like, dude, I could do this. Like, no problem. And then I started hearing this song, like I mentioned, and I was like, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. And then I reset, and I was like, oh, wow, I really enjoy it. And again, this goes back to those people. Like, there wasn't a lot of marketing out there at that time um, for the whole story. But if, like what Jess said, if you are into Garth's covers and you weren't a big fan of the the, the Chris Gaines deal, put that mindset like I did. Go try it again and see, because I'm telling you, like, it was a huge difference for me. Like, and then I listen to it that way. And I think to myself, why not Garth sing it in Garth's voice now? Like, how cool would that be? <laughs> like, I mean, it'd be cool to like to, but like, it'd be cool to listen to it that way. But at the same time, I don't know that I'd be able to enjoy it as much listening to it in Garth's voice than in Chris Gaines voice or how, you know, in that character. I, I thought it was well done. Um, I, I actually enjoyed uh, listening to it. And for that song, I guess, from what I'm researching, like that was the song that that really went big time on this album him as far as uh you know where they charted at and stuff and and when you listen to it with an open mind you can see why i i enjoyed it so jess what are your thoughts on this one i'm, I'm sure you liked it after your response <laughs> uh, well i love it uh, you know as i said <laughs> um i thought you and i were gonna have to you know have words for a minute at the beginning of your review but i'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you came so around. i don't get stabbed i'm okay <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really do. I love the opener on this. The music kind of reminds me of more than words by extreme. I could see that. Um, like that time period, that style of music. And I like the snapping sound that kind of keeps the beat in the back of the, in the background of the song. Um, and I actually really like the falsetto. I like, I don't know that I would like it on every song, but I really enjoy it on this song. And I love that he sings the whole thing in that voice. The lyrics are simple, but effective. It's just, you know, it's kind of his devotion to this woman. And who doesn't want to hear, I get lost in you. That's pretty powerful words. And so at the time, I mean, I think if if this had just, if Chris Gaines was a person and not a character and he had just come out with this song and it had gotten marketed and it went as high up as this one did, then I think that guy would have had a successful career. You know, Garth has the chops to just make that work. (laughs) It did for me anyway, but I agree with Pete. I think that definitely if you can go into it with that open mindset and listen to it again, if you didn't give it a chance back in the day and you never heard it, or if you only heard it, you know, once and dismissed it, 
I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I my think son Bo agrees. And he's either. saying. Bo's like, nah. <laughs> no, Bo's nah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Listen, that don't make a bit of difference, Mom. You're wrong. Mama. <laughs> what do you think, Deb? How do you feel about this one? So I I like it. I, I do think that it is the most recognizable Chris Gaines song, the most widely known um, Chris Gaines song. But for me, of the three songs we're covering today, it's the least Garth sounding song, which I think that's kind of what Pete was saying too. It also is for him. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I hear this song, I don't picture Garth. I actually do picture Chris Gaines Mm -hmm. because I've put myself in that mindset of Chris Gaines isn't an alter ego. He's just a character. And so when I hear this song, I picture Chris Gaines, if that makes any sense. So for me, it's a good Chris Gaines song. Yeah. It's not Garth. It's Chris Gaines. And so it's, it's a good unplugged, almost acoustic song. And it's so far from Garth that I I just don't see him. I and so I think the high pitched vocals, it's like that easy listening sound, and I can accept it because for me it's not Garth. Um, so for that reason, it's really appealing to me. I like it a lot, and I think the hook is good. I love the lyrics, and I think they're perfect for this genre. I have to say, the song doesn't really go with the Chris Gaines backstory that I've now read about in the CD liner. I have trouble with that because he's supposed to be this like rocker. And this song doesn't mesh with that for me. So those two things, I kind of, they kind of batted up against each other. I kind of was like hitting a wall with those two things. But then you read the story in that CD liner about what this song was supposed to be. And this song was supposed to be the title song of a like Armageddon style movie where these two people were, you know, the world was ending and these two people fell in love and this was their love song. And so for that, then it does make more sense. And I don't kind of bat up against it as much as I did when I was like, why would this rocker guy with this black eyeliner be singing this song? But then I understood it. You know, Chris Gaines was flown in by the movie producers to write a song for this Armageddon style movie where the world was ending and these two people were in love. And I go, okay, now it all makes sense. And it all meshes. And so again, I kind of go back to, there was so much thought put into this album that I just am heartbroken that it didn't I know this was somebody's baby somebody's darling you know that just never got off the ground and that's sad because I mean Garth put obviously his heart and soul and a lot of work into it but you know there were other creative people who were a part of this other songwriters other you know people working on the backstory and stuff so it's sad that it kind of never got its light of day yeah because I think it could have been amazing there was a lot of work put into this wow So that's all of that made me love this song even more. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Yet. Yet. A lot of time left. Okay, so that does it for Lost in You. Jess, what do you have for song three? Well, we know I love it. Um, Already ahead of time. (laughs) But I have Snow in July. 
This song was written by Gordon Kennedy um, and Wayne Kirkpatrick, who we've talked about. Um, if you'll remember back, Gordon Kennedy wrote You Move Me, uh, I think like 15 Garth songs, if you go back and look through his career. And Wayne Kirkpatrick, he wrote or co-wrote Wrapped Up in You. So they've we've talked about some of their music and how much we love them as songwriters. And then this song was also co-written by Mike Moore, and Andrew Logan, who I'm not as familiar with, but who, based on this song, are phenomenal songwriters. I feel like this song is four minutes and 20 seconds of just head nodding, toe tapping. Like it just gets you going from the very beginning. Right off the bat, it's kind of gritty. It's got like a funky music sound to it. I, I'm not really sure what the opening instrument is, but it has a like a, I think an electric bass in the background, kind of keeping the rhythm. And I really love that sound. And the opener says, love was burning like the summer we were lost in one another. And so when it opens, I'm like, okay, you know, this is, that's where we're going with this song. And with that gritty, funky music, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. Where's the story going? Um, But it takes a turn and the song doesn't go where I thought it was going to go from the very beginning. And then when it gets to the line, caught me by surprise, and it's like a very, like every word is firm and punctuated, and it kind of stops you and then separates what's coming next. Uh, But still, at that point, I'm still like bobbing my head. I cannot not rock out to this song, which is funny because I told you I had written in my notes like Bo was rocking out when I was listening to the first song, and he had already like wandered off. And I was like, dude. This is the one that you would have been loving, but he wasn't here for me with me for this song. So I was bobbing my head by myself as I was going through my notes. Um, this song's about a guy who kind of gets blindsided by a breakup after this passionate affair. I didn't go back and read the liner notes for this, so Deb might know more about what the song actually was. But if you know anything about the Chris Gaines stuff or kind of how it was set up, and we'll talk about it more in the the TV special too, the songs were from kind of different periods over his career because this album was kind of like a greatest hit sort of. So there's different songs that are different sounds because they were actually supposed to be written in different decades and they were from different parts of his career. So that always just makes me wonder like what – again, what the film would have been like, like, where would this have fit in? And what would it have been? Would it have been his life? Or would this have just been a song that was, you know, something he wrote off an album that wasn't necessarily autobiographical. But I just I I can't say that I, I don't know that I have a favorite. I love all the songs on there. I'm always surprised a little bit that Lost in You, because I love every song on there so much. And I'm surprised that that was the only song that went as far as it did and did as well as it did, because it's not necessarily my favorite on the album. I love them all. And I couldn't tell you what my favorite is, but there's two or three that I really, really like. 
Um, and so I'm always, I'm always a little bit surprised that maybe just they didn't get the attention, but that none of them went farther than that. I think Lost in You was maybe the closest sound wise to what was out at that time for that type of music. Whereas some of these sound more like older rock and wouldn't have been as um, current in 1999. Like what's trending on social media is going to yeah. do really good back then. What in Right. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Yes. Um, so Deb, did you, did you happen to look in the liner notes? Do you know the backstory on this song? Can you fill us in on that a little bit? Yeah. So it looks like from the liner notes that this song was supposed to have been a relationship of Chris Gaines's that he wrote after a good relationship went bad. So it was on an album that he had released and it was about a, a relationship gone sour. Well, how did you uh, how did you find the song? Did you enjoy it? Snow in July to me is the exact opposite of Lost in You because when I hear this song, I see Garth. Oh, that's funny. So the opposite of of what I said in Lost in You. I know this is a Chris Gaines album, but Garth's vocals are so good on this song, and they just hit the exact right spot for me that I just hear Garth. I can't help it. Well, couldn't you see him do this live? Absolutely. I say that. I <laughs> want him to perform. That's in my notes. I want to hear him perform this song today. Maybe we can petition for that. I maybe would we can love do an that. Ask Garth together. I and would. Maybe we can it like this can you screen cap us all and we can all yeah, we can Garth, this please we can all do an ask together do it oh please, please do it i i just think it's so good it's such a good rock blues song and he's so mm-hmm. good in it and it's all smoky and grindy and funky and i just love it and i think Garth of 2023 would sound amazing doing this song. And I want to hear it so bad. Yes. If I could figure out a way, I'm not kidding, to uh, to do video, we're going to have to record video and ask because I want to hear it. I want to hear it so bad. So that's all I had is just I, I this is probably my favorite song on the Chris Gaines album. And I know it's Chris Gaines. But Garth, oh, it's so good, Garth. It came from the creative genius of Garth yes. in there somewhere in the performance. Yes, it even did. Even though it's Chris Payne. So Pete, what do you think of this one? Well, I think that we should take a sign to Vegas on July 2023 that says snow in July. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's perfect. That is, that is perfect. That. Yes. Um, I, I just absolutely love the intro to Snow in July. This is one of the better songs that I've heard on what I've listened to on the album so far. And for me, it's because, and we've talked about it, you guys have mentioned it, like how much I or we love when Garth gets that gravel sound in his voice. And he really showcases that in Snow in July. The instruments on the song are just off the chain good. Like it continuously Get your head bobbing to the entire song, like Jess was saying. Like this is not, this isn't one that you just keep the volume average. Like you turn it up. Like I kept finding myself turning it up and turning it up and turning it up. This one for sure is out of the first three so far is obviously my favorite. There is a bunch of covers online of other people who sang this song. You know that I found going down the rabbit hole. Nobody does it like Garth, but at the same time, like 
and it's funny to say that nobody does it like Garth, but it's like you know, like Chris Gaines or whatever. And then, like that's the that's the thing. Like it, dude, it's so good. Like I don't know that there's another guy out there, another artist or performer that can show that range of cover in different genres of music. And I know we've talked about it multiple times. And I don't know you. You want to know how good Garth is at it? Go listen to the song because it's insane and the story like yeah you just like listen you're all for it now what you just get blindsided you're like whoa that story completely changes direction um yeah oh man it's so good like this was like this reminded me a lot of garth like a lot of garth um and again i think by this time it it was kind of weird because i talked about um lost in you how i struggled with it and before I listened to it and cleared my mind, I went to the next song listening to it, which is Snow in July. And that was part of the of the decision to clear my mind and listen to it as a cover because I thoroughly enjoyed this one. There was no talking myself into enjoying this one. This reminded me of a Garth cover and I was hooked. And so this helped me clear my mind on Lost in You. And I think that changed my mind about the entire album. And I, this song, I think, is solely responsible for that, really, with the way that I was doing the uh, the research. I love this one. Love the song. Love the sound. Love Garth's voice. And I love the story behind the lyrics and how, how it gets you going one direction. And then, whoop, it's a complete, complete uh, uh, redirect of the entire song and the story. So I loved it. Loved it. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I was like, we better go into this with like mm-hmm. 95%. <laughs> Uh, appreciation for the Chris Gaines. Jess is ready to start <laughs> or, sending spam. Or Jess is going to have to boycott some <laughs> future episodes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am so glad though. This was so fun. I love these songs. I can't wait to do songs four, five, and six. I just, I would do them all tonight if I had time. It's, it's, we're going to have to make sure we stay on track and not get, you know, too many spaces between our recording sessions yeah so you can keep listening to the chris Gaines album Ooh. yes <laughs> it's good reasons to make me have to have to put it on repeat right all right everyone that's it for this episode where we've covered the first three songs on the album garth brooks in the life of chris Gaines." have you checked out our website at garthology.com yet if not stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it's been quite a long time since our last review. If you get the chance, please stop by and hit that five-star button if you like what you hear and write up encouraging words to others to help them listen. Be sure and share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media, if you enjoy using the Facebook app, we are at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you are on Instagram or Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast there. We do appreciate all the interactions, the tweets, the likes, the retweets, and of course, all of the messages. So uh, we appreciate all the support out there, guys. And it's so, so good to be back with you all. Tune in for our next episode of Garthology. That will be season four, episode two, where we'll take an in-depth look at songs four through six on Garth Brooks in the life of Chris Gaines. Until then, this has been season four, episode one of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.
<laughs> Wait, let's see what you did with your ending. And this song is yeah. <laughs> He's He's in now though. <laughs> Tune in for our next episode of Garthology where nope, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean do tune in, but we're gonna do that again. Tune in for our next episode of <laughs> Episode Episode Episode. I don't know what I'm she trying to say. <laughs> that was Holy awesome. Moly. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Hang on. Well, the problem is if you could see my notes, I have like parentheses and arrows and like I should have just written. And all that translates to episode. 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 We start talking with a lisp. <laughs> all those notes and arrows create a lisp. Uh, it does. Episode. Oh. Sounded like Mike Tyson. I almost said <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> All we need to do is get Jess a face tattoo now. <laughs> we have a uh, special guest. On this it's it's and Jess. Introducing. And introducing Jess, also known as Mike Tyson. Instead of Garth in the life of Chris Gaines, it's Jess Ford in the life of Mike Tyson. <laughs> But it's Mike Tyson in this episode. Oh, holy, holy God. shit. Oh, yeah. God. That was good. And we are that was back. Funny. Oh. We literally made it oh, to the outro man. for that to fall apart. This has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hide from you guys too. This has Say been episode. <laughs> episode. Holy crap. And I'm just <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? Sorry, that was just oh, for you. Shit. <laughs> you can't do <laughs> No, 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 no. She said Jess. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, oh, my God. That was the funniest thing I've ever, ever, ever heard. Holy crap. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next. <laughs> and we'll see you guys. It's not there you go. There's more to it. She's like, done. <laughs>